for no other name other than the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Well, you can take a seat. Thank you, team. Like I've said earlier, we are in for a hot Sunday, not just because of our lack of air conditioning, but also because we have Pastor Steve Blake with us. Pastor Steve and Helen head up. Is it Liberty People or Liberty for the Nations? Same thing. Sort of sorting it out later. Have I stirred up something that needs to be resolved? No. Liberty Nations, Liberty for the Nations. And our church in particular have been involved in Vanuatu, but also further afield. I've been around many places around the world with Steve and Helen, and um, it's a great privilege to have them here in our church. Many of you would know that these guys pastored in Maitland seasons ago. I don't know. What year was that, Steve? 1839, yeah. I would have thought 1889, but okay, we'll go with 1839. And it's great to have Pastor Steve um, with us today, but also back in Maitland and brought John and Matt and Priscilla and obviously Helen as well, which is a big part of the organisation. I I love how um, the family are involved in serving in the ministry together. I've really enjoyed seeing that, and it's great to have Matt and Priscilla and John with us this morning. So, um... Why don't we welcome them as Pastor Steve comes to preach and bring the word this morning. So let's give him a great real life church welcome. Wonderful. Thank you. That's great. Great to see you. Really good to see you. Praise God. Good to be together here today. Yes, I brought the family. We're going to do a few songs. No, we're not. We won't do it. We won't do that. But um, Matt and Jonathan, our, our two sons, um, work with us. And uh, they're going to each come just for a moment and share about two wonderful ways that real life partners with us, which we appreciate so greatly, which is actually empowering some very specific and wonderful things that we're doing. So Matt, come and share about what you're doing. G'day everyone. How are we all doing? Good to see you all. Um, I've been pretty overwhelmed with the generosity of Real Life Church, to be honest, especially some particular people. Am I booming? I'm booming. There we go. Especially some particular people who just give and give and give. And I will single them out because they're awesome. Um, Because we haven't asked them to do what they're doing. Um, so instead of explaining the backstory, I just want to show you a little two-minute video to give you some context for exactly what we're talking about. Just pop that video on for me, thanks. We've usually got some audio for this one. I think we're trying to fire up the sound up the back there. Do you want to do the words, Dad? Do you want to dub yourself? I'm glad we put some captions with this video, or this would have been a bit of a disaster.
Awesome. We got there in the end. This church is an incredible place. It's a church that uh, mum and dad planted about four years ago. And you probably noticed a little snippet story in there. Um, one of the elders of the church, this is a very recent story actually, um, was very much on the verge of death. Um, and that, that roadblock holding him back from a life that continued was a $12 a month medication that was totally unavailable to him. So even needs that basic um, still exist. So that's the kind of place that, that we're ministering and planting churches. Um, my work with mum and dad actually only started a couple of years ago. I've moved up from Melbourne with my wife. And I only visited Liberty Christian Centre for the first time in February last year. And I was moved to tears several times just by the spirit of the place, the love and the joy and the passion of the people and the whole church. They're just exemplary. They make me feel like I need to go back to ground zero <laughs> in my faith. It's just so inspiring in every way. Um, so I got back and I thought, what can I do to, to support them from afar? Because I can't live there. We do work all around the place. And I hatched this idea to, to start supporting our young leaders in the churches that we plant in the Philippines. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have a really good biblical education. And I put together a, a Bible school program, a ministry training program for them, which all happens online. So the, the big problem for anybody in, in sort of young ministry in the Philippines is no training, biblical training, or any of that kind of um, training is available to them locally or affordably. They've got to go far, far away, which means they're not at their church anymore. And they also have to use money that they don't have. So I thought, well, let's, let's take this to them, put a mobile program together. And I prepared some, some tablets, some Android style, pretty affordable tablets with all free software and started developing a whole curriculum for them. And I just had a real heart to do this and I just put it together. I'm still working on it actually. It's a, it's, we're still going through our first year. And we, we sent out a report when we started our first semester just in our newsletter. And Gary Ernst, who I think we've got over here, with no prompting at all, um, he just felt prompted to support this thing. We hadn't asked for any money or any support, but of course it costs money to put something like this together. Um, in the last just over 12 months, Gary has financed 12 student programs. That's 12 of these tablets, um, which are worth about $200 each, totally on his own steam with the help of others. So he's rallied people around him. And I do want to mention um, these names that he's given me. Derek and Rachel and Paul in this group um, are the people who've helped to make this happen. I just, I just want to say from, from myself, thank you so much. The amount of generosity, generosity, that's a new one. The amount of generosity in Gary is just unending. We, we packed a container, closed the doors on a container on Friday that was again a 20 foot shipping container headed for Vanuatu that was probably nearly half full of stuff that Gary has gotten together for our nutrition program in Vanuatu and other work. It's just incredible. I know that Gary's not the only one here. This is an incredibly generous and giving church. And I just love um, the spirit of this church, talking about the spirit of a great church. Real care and your love in the community. I just love you guys. I love what you're doing. So a special thank you to Gary. And um, that's it. <laughs> thank you. Excellent. Thanks, Matt. That's good. So we've actually got 12, uh, 10 new church plants coming up in uh, the same island of Philippines in the next 12 months. And all of the leaders, all of the key people will go through training uh, through this wonderful program which we're created and creating. This is John. I think a lot of you know Jonathan. Jonathan and his wife Abby run the work in Vanuatu. Thank you. I'm going to talk really fast. Can we start this slideshow? What's a good mission thing without slideshows, hey? I think they designed them entirely for us. This one's called John something something. So you guys um, are very heavily involved in Vanuatu as well. It's been awesome having your teams come over the years um, and the great support that um, everyone's um, got towards it. While they're figuring that out, I'll just jump ahead a bit. Um, this morning I was looking on Facebook, because that's what you do every morning when you wake up, 
Um, and again, I found this really interesting article about um, the, the impact of teams going into other countries to help from a, from a world viewpoint. And it was talking about volunteerism, it was talking about the white saviour complex. Um, and it really reminded me that it's totally different when we do it. So when we actually go in, not in our own name or to make ourselves feel better as a result of it, we actually go in because we have a saviour to bring to someone who is a real solution to their problem. Um, that's, that's where things actually start to change for people. We've seen in the video you saw from the Philippines, that's a very difficult environment to grow up in. If you've been in the slums in the Philippines, why are those people smiling? Why are they happy? Why do they have a life? Why do they have a future? The world's viewpoint is um, impossible. Um, there's no money. There's, they're communities that have a lot of strife, a lot of political unrest. They've got more guns per people in America and more killings than anywhere. Um, they've got drug dealers getting shot on the streets because the president decides it's a good idea. Um, so all of this stuff's happening, but the church can still be vibrant because they've really got a saviour. So this is Vanuatu. Um, I'm, I actually live over there with my family this whole year. Um, and so they're over there at the moment. I flew in for a week to quickly pack a container. Um, that's our main ministry complex um, in Port Vila. Um, on site there, we've got a school of 348 kids, um, including feeding programs, um, other programs happening for in there um, from in the same facility, including the housing programs. We'll go to the next one. So these are the little homes that we've been building. Your church has raised money towards these for the last few years and actually sent building teams to work alongside our local builders um, to, to put these up. We've done over 200 of them since 2015 when the cyclone went through. Um, they're a great, simple, little affordable sleeping hut sort of thing that we can deploy really quickly and easily and affordably. Next one. That's how they go up. The reason I'm showing some of these, um, there's a team from here coming over to Vanuatu to visit me in a few weeks to actually put one up just like this. Next slide. It'll look just like that and that's actually to help house some sort of street kid boys that have been pulled in by a local church to, um, to really disciple and nurture them through. Next one. So it's going to look very similar to that. Next one. This is inside our school. Uh, that's in our preschool. We've, um, we've been able to slowly over time develop the school into a really vibrant, um, happy sort of place with really good classrooms and facilities. We'll jump to the next one. And the next one. So here we've got some teams actually helping on the ground. When teams come, we throw them into all of the different activities. We don't make new activities based on teams coming. We actually throw you alongside the things that actually run year round um, through our local staff. You just basically come to support them, work alongside them, um, you know, give them encouragement. And at the same time, it's a really big um, blessing on you guys when you go there and actually work alongside people who are helping their own community. Next one. Uh, these are some of our graduates from last year. Some of them are holding up year nine certificates and they're in their 20s. Um, the realistic thing in Vanuatu is a lot of people had no access to education as a child or once they reached their sort of um, uh, getting into year eight level, um, the government don't have enough positions for them so they drop out of school for a few years. So we're helping people, um, even more mature aged learners to actually complete studies. Next one. Uh, this is a discipleship group run by, there's my wife on the left side in the blue shirt. Um, part of what we're doing, of course, is the discipling of, of these growing um, boys and girls in the school. In the background, you can't quite see it. Um, we've got a local, um, a local guy who actually comes in every week specifically. Um, he's YWAM trained and he's coming in specifically for discipleship of our young boys as well. So we're making sure that our 14 to 20 year olds in the school are really being well reached and um, know sort of a biblical way to step into the next part of their life. Next one. This is the feeding program that you guys have been heavily involved with over the years. We've had probably more than 20 pallet loads of wheat bix and uh, milk powder runs and things that have come through this church. Um, yep, yeah, it's been unbelievable. Basically, the kids come to school hungry. They haven't had a proper, um, proper breakfast. They often don't get the nutrition they need through a day to really sustain themselves. Your body basically chooses what to spend its energy on, survival or growth. Um, so a lot of kids with learn learning difficulties is a direct result of malnutrition. Even though they look reasonably healthy, they're just not quite getting what they need. So by putting in wheat bix and milk powder and, um, and we do them cooked, um, like a cooked stew meal twice a week as well within the school. Next one. And the sewing. Uh, this, uh, I th yeah, it was last year, wasn't it, Gary, that um, we sent over 20 
brand new sewing machines um, that you guys raise the funds towards. Um, that's helping in the school, so we're training our, um, our growing girls in that. The boys could do it, but they don't really want to because it hurts too much when you stab your finger. Um, yeah, so that's been good, and we're also doing outreach in the community through that. So in the weeks where there's not school on, we run um, community sessions in the evenings to help the ladies with that. I think when you guys come over this year, some of you will be involved in that program too. Next one. And this is the shipping container we've loaded on. Uh, the, when was that? Friday we finished that. Um, yeah, as you can see, we don't leave any air in them. It's uh, the door, yeah. I literally was shoving tinned food up because I saw a gap that just fit it. So, yeah, the whole container's packed like that. We try and absolutely maximise what we can get out of everything that comes in. And so that's awesome. Next one, which I think, yep, cool. So this is just the thank you slide. Again, the main reason I'm here today um, is just to thank you for all that you're doing in Vanuatu specifically. So there's been housing projects on the left there. That was last year's team. They came and helped fit out part of our dormitories at the school. Uh, the sewing program, the feeding program, the shipping, everything that you guys do, it's really awesome. And I can't wait to see you over there, not as volunteerists, but as people who actually know to bring the saviour. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks very much, John and Matt, for sharing those things. I better check my calendar, uh, my watch, before it clicks over to another day. <laughs> Good, eh? How you going? Good to see you. God bless. Okay. What time am I supposed to be looking at? Oh, that's great. That's good news. Planting new works in uh, different countries, whether it's in Muslim countries or relatively easier countries like the Philippines. Being led by the Holy Spirit in our daily decisions, walking with him, listening for him, doing the things that he is directing. Whether we're actively involved personally in, in ministries and touching different nations or whether it's to do with our daily life, our business life, our family, our own personal devotional life, in all of this we really deeply need the Holy Spirit himself. Not as our theology or you know, our, our scriptural position or something like that, but in a personal daily walk with him. And all of the promises about the Holy Spirit himself are for us. Regardless of our calling, we might be a musician in, by calling, they have a real gift from God in music. We may not have any, any ministry as obvious as that. Our ministry may be, I, I see people who minister in beautiful, magnificent, simple forms. But it's not only to do with what we do, it's to do with the person that we are before God. We still need the Holy Spirit so much. He is the one who works on sanctifying in us, cleansing, transforming us from glory to glory, as we sang this morning. Transformed from glory to glory by the Spirit into the image of Jesus. And we need Him, we need Him to be walking in us and with us, alongside of us and within us. We need his fellowship and his communion in our daily lives because it's not just about the things that we will do with him, it's the things that he's doing with us, how he is transforming us by his spirit. In Romans chapter 1, you find that Paul has been speaking about how daily and wonderfully, unceasingly, he prayed for the church in Rome. And the church in Rome was very, very important to Paul because the gospel had finally got into Europe. And the gospel spread through Europe like a wonderful fire so that within 50 years of the gospel reaching Europe through the Apostle Paul, it had spread not only to Rome but to all corners of Europe um, had received and heard and responded to the gospel. And he talks here in chapter 1, he's been talking about how he says, as God is my witness, I pray for you unceasingly. And his great desire to be with them. And he said in verse 11, for I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, 
that you may be established. The Apostle Paul knew the value of putting spirit into everything. The way we work, the calling on every individual's life, the life that we live, the transforming power of the spirit in the church. Because essentially, of all of the things that Jesus could have left for the church, which in in a sense the church taking his place... That's why we are called the body of Christ. We are the physical manifestation of the life of Jesus. He really only left us with his word and his spirit. And those two working together in our lives daily are so tremendously powerful. He says, I long to see you that I may impart unto you or give over to you things, gifts, treasures, empowerment, wisdom from the Spirit that, I, that you may be strengthened. And I think it's also important to realise that Paul wanted the church to be spiritually authentic. Authentic is very important in the fundamentals of what we believe because the fundamentals of what we believe are really the foundation of our authenticity out to the world. We don't change over time the things that God's word says and what God's spirit says through the word we don't change those things they be they become the building blocks the rest of it can move with the times and you know like the the way we sing the songs we sing the the way we encourage and advance our young kids uh, you know uh, to be involved in music and worship and praise and it's wonderful it's wonderful it's change it's transformational but the foundation blocks that were given to us from Jesus really are his word and his spirit and the spirit works with the word the, the, the word without the spirit as a matter of fact the apostle Paul said that the letter of the word without the spirit is, is quite dead but he said but the spirit gives life And so he was laying this foundation for the church at Rome to be built upon the things of the Spirit. I just want to share this very simple and important walking with the Holy Spirit message with you today. From Romans chapter 8, here is the beautiful stuff about this. We'll just read the first six verses anyway. And this is like Paul comparing the things of the old law and the things of trying so hard to please God, comparing that to what God did to call us to himself. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they've set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This is really, really powerful, fundamental understanding here I think there's a presupposition in a lot of things in what Paul said is that the people were ready to receive the things of the spirit because it was probably still famous around the the known world what happened when the spirit came the transformation the incredible transforming power of God that came when the spirit was given I'm thinking about how Paul introduced this with the idea of one law overcoming the power of another law. Sometimes when I'm sitting in an airport somewhere, I'll look at those great big A380s and the the big maximum jumbo 747-800s. 
And those things are actually 300 tonnes when they are fully loaded with fuel, with baggage, with passengers and the weight of the plane. 300 tonnes. Now, there is a law in this world called the law of gravity. And how many of you know that 300 tonnes just doesn't fly? It's very, very heavy. And you watch these great big things from the window in the airport and and you can feel the building get a bit of a shake when they fire up those massive engines. And you watch them and they look so slow. Probably because they're so big, I don't know, but they look like they're doing about 30 k's. And it's just, and it's just so awesome, the power of those things, you know, those big jet engines. And uh, while this propulsion of the jet engines is taking place and launching that thing forward, the, the power of force of gravity is saying that that 300 tonnes has no right to be expecting that it can fly. But through discovery of different laws and things and physics, and they discovered that by passing air at different speeds over, the, over and under the wings, that a law of flight can actually overcome this law of gravity. And suddenly that monster plane... You sit in those A380s or you sit in the, the area where you, I don't know if any of you have flown on them, but it looks like there's 5,000 people in the, in the area where they all get on the plane and you think, this is never, this must be three or four planes. But slowly they all get in and fills up. And that massive thing, 300 tonnes is suddenly overtaken with another law. And everything, the shackles come off and it just launches itself into the sky. And it's so awesome to understand how one law can be superseded in that event by another law, which is employed and brought into play. I think about how things work. I think about um, in, in the systems of this world, those little baby eagles sitting in their nest, and happy there, everything just happens. Mum comes and dad, and they just keep coming with food. And if you want to see some, some of the glorious ways that birds feed their young, just Google bin, bin, turk, bin chicken and you'll see the bin chickens of Australia, how they go and feed their young and regurgitate. It's really beautiful. <laughs> Don't Google bin chickens yet. Do it when you get home because it's good fun. Anyway, but you think about those little things. They just can't fly. They just haven't... There's something in them that can fly, but they can't fly, so they get chucked out of the nest. And you know how it happens. And often eagles don't put their nest in places that are simple to get to. They put them in really difficult, rocky ledges. And those poor little things, they plummeting to the ground. You know, things are flying all over the place and they're just dropping like a stone. And the, the eagle comes underneath and catches them on its wings and carries them back up. It repeats this process over and over until this little bird starts to get the clue that if you flap enough, <laughs> you've got it, son. You can do it. <laughs> you've got enough in you to make this happen. Overcome that, that kind of in inability with something. And God overcame the laws of sin and death and brought us into a life of no condemnation if we walk with him in the spirit. And God's spirit walks with us, talks with us. Walking with the spirit, according to the spirit, your mindset on the spirit. Verse 14 says, for as many as are led by the spirit of the Lord, they are the sons of God. The people who are truly God's people are allowing the Holy Spirit to be the one who takes the reins of your life leads you and transforms you begins to speak to you begins to change you and says to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace and verse 9 went on to say it like this but you are not in the flesh but you are in the spirit if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you now relationship this is where we're going with this walking with the spirit in relationship Galatians 5 verse 25 says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. I think this is an engagement that we're talking about here. If it's true that you're living 
in the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit's living in you, then you have to engage this and walk in this. Engage him. This is very relational now, the words that start to get used in the scripture. As a young boy growing up in a small Assemblies of God church in Victoria, we had an old English pastor who had the most awesome English accent. And I used to mimic him all the time because every meeting, Sunday service, prayer meetings, home groups, he, he went to all of them and ran all of them because <laughs> there was only about 50 of us in the church, but that's how it was then. Wouldn't you love it to be like that, Lottie, these days? Every home group, every youth meeting. But every meeting, old Pastor Grayson would finish it with 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, which says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's how he would say it, the love of God the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And all through my life, even when I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and started my walk with the Holy Spirit and in the presence of God, I thought it was all about the big power stuff. I really went after the power stuff and really believed that, you know, all the promises of Jesus, I could do all that stuff. But it really captured me one day, just that little revelation there, the grace of Jesus. And really the primary ministry that Jesus came and put into this world was he came with him with perfect, amazing gift of grace to transform sinners to transform people's lives who were lost and save them. We see in, one, in 1 John it says that God is love. So we see the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God the Father, that God manifests himself as God is love. But now there's this one, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This word communion, some Bible verses will say fellowship, the word koinonia, a Greek word which basically means three things. We take hold of the word fellowship, which is like the first meaning of the word koinonia. Fellowship. And this is all very relational. Because the second one that it means, the second part of this word, where it's been talking about fellowship, is partnership. People in koinonia are in partnership, working together. It could be um, people living together in the same house or people who cohabit or people who are in partnership in some way. And God is not only inviting you into fellowship with him, but actually he wants to partner with you in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. God's Holy Spirit wants to partner up with you personally. I believe that because he's done it with me. The best things that we've ever done through times of prayer, through times of finding God's will, the best things we've ever done has been when the Holy Spirit has whispered something into our ear and we've heard it. The third meaning of this word koinonia is intimacy, which is that deeper place where you really have learned to be alone in the presence of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who the, April, uh, the angel Gabriel came and said to Mary, to um, the Virgin Mary, he said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and overshadow you. When it seemed impossible, that she, she said, how can this be? I've never been with a man. How could I be the one who gives birth to the Saviour? And the angel just said, oh, Holy Spirit will overshadow you and come upon you. He'll do it. Don't worry. He'll do it. And this intimacy with the Holy Spirit is a beautiful thing to know in a daily basis. Just this morning, something he said into my ear this morning that just changed the course of the day for me. Just a tiny little thing that he whispered to me in my spirit. And I just found myself for some time just thanking him just in this closeness of fellowship with him just him him with me given to me so we move on from this sense of relationship where we understand now that things of wisdom and guidance and empowerment and change and partnership and fellowship revelation and 
transformation all come through this precious person. People have trouble with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it's been really the big dividing thing. You know, where we plant churches in, say, Islamic countries, they really, really, really hate the idea of Trinity. They say, you've got many gods. We say, we've got one God. I can't understand. You know that every single thing is constructed of atoms. Even the little specks that come down from space and asteroids, everything on this planet, everything consists in the form of atoms. And every atom is a trinity, but it's one atom. It's a proton, a neutron, an electron. And everything, every created thing is made up of this. Actually, trinities are here in this room by the trillions and trillions of trillions in this room of tiny little microscopic atoms that are the three bonded together to form one. And separate them and split them and you've got a really big problem. (laughs) Work on a way that you can uh, cause those atoms to be split and parted from one another and you've got a Hiroshima, you know, you've got a total reaction. But when those things, it's like how the Bible says all of these things so beautifully, that God holds all things together by the word of his power. Through Jesus, every little atomic thing in the whole universe is held together. He is the glue of everything. And the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, don't worry, we're not talking about like a separate person, as in like an entity that is another God. He is all of God as Jesus is all of God, as the Father is all of God. And they are so complete together in one. I really do believe that's why true Christian faith is so peaceful and produces such peace. Is because the God that we serve is in absolute peace within himself. And he needs nothing to serve him. He needs nothing to complete him. He needs nothing to placate him. He needs needs nothing to satisfy him. He needs nothing from me at all. Nothing that I can add to him at all because he is utterly, completely, solely, in every single way, totally at peace and at, at unity within himself. That's why I love when I talk about the Holy Spirit, the Father and Son don't feel left out. When I'm talking this, I'm not talking about some extra little secret person. The Holy Spirit himself. God, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, oh boy, that went fast, didn't it? At least the clock's down the back and not up the front. But it's there. I think it might be there for me, actually, thinking about it. He said, I'm going to send another comforter to you, the Holy Spirit. You know him because he's with you. And he is with you and he shall be in you. With you, in you. Called alongside to help and to teach. In John 14, he he really made it clear that he was sending him to us to complete us. That he himself... In John chapter 14, verse 25 and 26, he said, I've spoken these things while I've been present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Isn't that that just beautiful? That's beautiful. He's with us to teach us and guide us and direct us. And Jesus said, this spirit of truth, who shall be with you and in you forever. This is the eternal God indwelling us forever. Indwelt by God. You're hosting him. You're hosting the indwelling spirit of God. You're hosting him. To the extent that as we see in the Bible, we'll skip this verse from John 15 and we'll just go to this very last thing. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16... I, I, I sometimes read all of the 316s in the Bible. Have you ever done that? You go to the, into your New Testament, if you're thinking, what should I read? 
go to the chapter 3 and verse 16 of all of the books of the New Testament, my goodness, you'll, you'll, you'll be overwhelmed. And, and, and Lottie was talking about the, the word but in the Bible, but Jesus. And I thought, I should preach a Bible about all the big buts in the Bible. And then I thought, no, someone might misinterpret what I mean about that. But <laughs> that was terrible, wasn't it? I couldn't help it when Lottie said it today. I thought, yeah, I should preach about all the big buts, but I better not go there. All of the John, all of the three sixteens are so powerful in the Bible. This one in First Corinthians, chapter three, verse sixteen. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Again, in uh, chapter six and verse nineteen, I think it is. Do you not know that? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have from God and you are not your own for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Your body, his temple. This description of you in these two parts is very powerful because essentially you're not a body. Essentially you are spirit, spiritual. Everything that matters about your life before God is your soul and your spirit. And your body is the house of this. And now God's saying that there's this inner sanctuary of your life which is made for the presence of God's spirit. And you are not complete. We are, we are so incomplete. We know we're incomplete. There's something always missing until he walks in and fills this sanctuary till he comes in and fills this temple. It was in uh, Estonia, I'll finish with this story. With Helen, we were in Estonia, in the city of Tallinn. Estonia used to be part of the Soviet Union, so right in the middle of the city of Tallinn is one of the most huge and magnificent old Russian Orthodox churches in the world, one of the big single dome buildings in the world and we were taken in there because now the Russians have gone out but they still got this big thing and they got all these guards and all these signs around it written in Russian and Estonian and English and all this and you go inside and my goodness you you look around like Mr Bean you know you're like it's just amazing and there's all these signs up you know you can't chew chewing gum and you have to wear long pants and all this stuff but I thought, I walked in the middle of it and I thought, oh, the acoustics in this place, this massive single dome building, I thought the acoustics must be just incredible in here. And I couldn't help myself. So I walked right to the very centre under the middle of the dome and I looked up and I let out a big hallelujah. <sighs> I'm like this and suddenly bang, this huge Russian hand grabs me on the shoulder and turns me around and, Nyet, Nyet, no, like that. I still, <laughs> I was packing it a little bit at that time, but anyway, <laughs> this is house of God. I thought, well, doesn't sound like it. <laughs> And, and the tragedy of that, that in some way we've really made it as though that's what God is impressed with, that's what God has to live in. That's the thing, the more, the more glorious and greater and bigger and stronger and we can make it. But I have a very powerful personal revelation from the scripture for me and I hope for you. You are God's beautiful house. You are God's beautiful temple and he lives in you. I want to be a beautiful temple for his presence and for his spirit to live with me and live out through me. I want this relationship to be real and daily and personal and intimate and partnership and fellowship with him. I encourage each of us today, this is not just the doctrine of our church alone. This is the real call of God over your life. To me, 
This is one of the foundation stones of everything I can build my life upon is that God gave me his word and he gave me his spirit. And my body has become his temple. It was purchased for this purpose. Exactly what that verse said. You have been bought for a price. You are like a whole glorious thing that was paid for. For this thing above everything else that he may live in you and live through you. Live for you. Be in you. Be over you. Be your teacher, your guide, your counsellor. He'll be the one who speaks the things that he hears from heaven. He'll be the one of revelation in your life. He'll be your guide. He will be your companion. And he'll be with you forever. Maybe somebody here today, you're feeling something is really missing in, your, in the spirit of your life. And other things cannot take the place of this. Never, never, ever take the place of this walking with God in the Spirit. I'm sure that all of us here who know Jesus, we believe that, yes, God's Spirit is with me. We truly need this indwelling person that Jesus said would be ours. There might be some who've never really heard the story of God's Word like this before. But that thing that you know is missing in your life is not just that you need to know that you've made your peace with God, as good as that is, and I preach that, that we can make our peace with God, that's good. But for you to know the God who says beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is with you and he's in you and he wants fellowship with you, he wants to walk with you, he wants you to be his and he wants him to be yours. And maybe if there's anybody who hasn't personally invited this precious work of Jesus, where he forgives you, forgave you, made you a friend with God through this, the offering of his own life in our place. The first step is to take him, Jesus, as your Lord and your Saviour and receive his forgiveness, his cleansing from everything in your past and receive him as your Lord and ask him to come into your life. And I believe with all of my heart that in that moment, he sends his Holy Spirit into your life. And there is so much, so much, so much more. Can we all stand together as we close? Maybe we could all close our eyes and just make a, a little bit of personal space here. Thank you, Jesus. You always stopped for one person at a time. And thank you, you stopped for me. And spoke to me. Saved me. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will also in this moment touch the hearts of those who don't know you. That they may want to know you and walk with you and want your forgiveness of sin. And if there's anybody here in the building this morning, I know it's been pretty hot and stuffy, but in another way, there's a, been a certain work going on in your heart. Maybe somebody, a work of God happening in your heart this morning. And you've begun to realise that that which is missing in your life is you don't have a relationship with God. And that is so absolutely freely and wonderfully available to you now. Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Saviour you will be saved, you'll be a new person say it in your heart now, I believe in all my heart, I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord and King and I ask you Jesus to be Lord and King of my life I receive your forgiveness of everything in my past. I believe you conquered the power of sin on the cross and you rose again from the grave. 
And coming into this Easter season, it was all about the fact that he went and died and rose again. I believe you, Jesus. I receive you. Come into my life. Forgive me. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time and you'd like to talk to someone, Pastor Lottie and Loz are here. Talk to someone in the church and they'll get together with you and pray with you too. We're here to also pray for any here among us. Maybe the message this morning spoke something to you about walking with the Holy Spirit, walking in the Holy Spirit. And you'd like to really take a fresh journey with Him, together with Him. And we'd love to pray with you as well. We've got Matt and Priscilla and Helen and John and me here. We'd love to pray for you. God bless you all. Thanks for having us. And once again, thank you, Real Life, for everything you've done for us in Liberty and our work in the nations. God bless you, everyone. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Very good.